you're probably recording, mixing, and mastering your music too loud. But don't worry, before you get too stressed about that, I was too. And in this week's podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learnt about selecting the correct recording levels for the digital world. Greetings. My name is Pete Johns. This is the Studio Live Today podcast. My goal around here is to help you create, record, and release your best music in the home studio. And this week, we're talking about loudness, gain, volume, loudness, all these different terms you've probably heard heard thrown around the place. If you want to find out all about how to keep in touch with the Studio Live Today podcast and everything we do around here, studiolivetoday.com is your one-stop shop. So what do I mean by this? Well, let's not bury the lead on this one, hey? If you're like me, I won't call us older creators, I'll call us more experienced, which means you've probably recorded like me, using analog gear. Back in the day, I recorded to cassette tape. I did a little recording to tape on reels, and I used analog gear. Hey, I probably even recorded to my old tape deck back in the day. And what you learned, what you were taught when you were recording in the analog world was you have to record it hot. And what does hot mean? It means you need to push your levels up. You need to get as much volume, as much gain to the recording as possible. The reason for that was something called signal-to-noise ratio. You needed to get above that noise floor. You needed your signal to be higher because you were fighting tape hiss. You were fighting the mechanical sound. You were fighting the analog hum of the gear that you were using. Guess what? In the digital realm, we got a really low noise floor. We've got virtually zero signal-to-noise ratio to worry about. So what I've found is that a lot of folks like me who have been on this journey of learning how to record, now they're in a digital world, we haven't really adapted. And it's not a criticism, it's just something. It's a simple tweak, a simple thing that I think that you and I can do that may actually improve your music. Because the vast majority of music that I hear that doesn't quite sound right and doesn't sound professional and doesn't sound radio ready is not because it's been recorded too quiet or too low, it's usually because it's been pushed too hard, which can produce some things and some things that will happen in your music that are not good and not pleasant. So we're going to dive in to all of the, the intricate details of this now to explain what it's all about and what you can do to get it as good as possible. Let's start out with a question here, though. Do you, have you had this problem? Let me know. If you're watching on the video version, let, let us know down in the comments. If you're watching live, let us know in the live chat right now. But have you ever recorded too loud or too soft? And what tips do you have for finding that perfect balance? Because there is such thing as recording too low as well as too high. And we'll talk about where that sweet spot in between actually is throughout the show here today. So, the basic principle is there, that with digital gear, you no longer need to hit right up the top there. So analog gear, if you're picturing in your mind a piece of analog gear, like an old four-track recorder or an old analog desk in a recording studio, you'd be thinking in terms of these VU meters. Now, originally, they were like the old school analog meters that went side to side. So the ones that, you know, went from left to right, like a little like a clock and went over and they'd be pinging back and forth as the signal was coming through. And again, we were told 
Let's push those things. Let's get them right up into the yellow and the red. Later on, if you think in terms of like an old uh, an old 80s tape deck, like the old EQ, the graphic equalizer, that graphic equalizer had the green, the yellow, and the red. And you'd see those bouncing up and down. And when you were recording again, you were told, push it as close to that red as possible. Be in the yellow. If you're in the green, you're probably getting too much tape hiss and too much noise into your signal. You really want to push it hard. And that's what a lot of us started doing when we got into the digital world. We were like, right, I got to push this thing hard. Let's turn up the audio interface, turn up that input gain. So the first place you need to think about volume isn't the mixing, it isn't the mastering, it isn't anything to do with your software. It's the hardware side. What should your input gain be set at? And in the digital world, my rule of thumb, your mileage may vary, but my rule of thumb is 50 to 70%. I like to see that meter hitting somewhere between 50 and 70%. So when you're just ticking along, you're playing guitar or you're singing or you're playing your keys or whatever you're doing, you should be sitting around the middle of any kind of VU meter. VU meter just means volume unit meter. It's just a way to measure how much volume is actually going into a system. So you want to be around that 50% so that your peaks, the loudest part of your signals, aren't going higher than that 70%. Push it to 80% if you want to, but as soon as you get anywhere near 90% or 100%, there's some things that you're risking here. You're risking clipping, so you're risking risking going over 100%. And as soon as you go over 100%, you're clipping, and that's going to cause some distortion, it's going to cause some artifacts. And here's the thing, clipping in the analog world was kind of cool, it was kind of hardcore. It kind of sounded good because your analog gear, it wasn't the ones and zeros on and off of a digital piece of gear, it actually had the ability to kind of handle a little bit. And if you were pushing the transformers a bit hard, you could get a little bit of that nice analog warp. Like think about Twist and Shout when John Lennon was singing that. That was probably, that needle was probably pinging right up against the top there and it was creating that analog warmth. If John Lennon recorded Twist and Shout in a digital environment hitting 100%, it would be like... Yes, Donald Duck recorded <laughs> Twisted Shout. But you get my gist right. You would be getting those clipping, those digital artifacts. And unlike an analog clip, which can actually sound again pretty cool, pretty righteous, digital clipping just sounds rubbish. And I, I, I don't know, like maybe I have heard some like, you know, TikTok videos where the, the audio is all distorted and clipped. And apparently people think that's good. But for the vast majority of cases, for 99% of cases, you do not want digital clipping. So you don't want that distortion. You don't want to turn up your input gain to the point where you're actually going to be clipping your signal. So that's kind of the first thing to think about is setting all of your inputs when you're recording to make sure that each individual track is not going to be clipping, is not going to be overly, overly distorted and hitting too hard. So remember that. Keep it in mind, 50 to 70% is a good place to be for your digital gear, keeping an eye on your meters, either the meters on your gear or the meters as your input gain on your digital audio workstation. Whether you're using Pro Tools or GarageBand or Logic or FL Studio, they're all basically the same. Most VU meters look pretty much the same. They normally have some numbers on them. You've got the bit where you go uh, up to the red and then it'll tell you when you're clipping. If a red light comes on, you're probably doing something wrong. There you go. That should be the that should be the little uh, little takeaway. If the red light's on, you're doing something wrong. So, what else is there to, to to know about in terms of this? Well, 
once you get a nice signal recorded in, the wave itself, the way the amplitude of sound works and the layering of sound to create uh, music, like it's not like it'll double. So it doesn't actually, do- so if you record one track and then another track, it's not going to exactly be double the volume and then a third track, triple and third, four, so on. It, it is a little bit more gradual than that. But as soon as you are past four tracks, eight tracks, 12 tracks, 16 tracks, you are going to find that the overall level, so now we're talking about that mixing, we're talking about the level in your output that can also have the problem with being too loud. And when folks have recorded things, even if they've got a really nice recording, and this is a cool thing, as long as you get that input gain set right, your output gain you can tweak, you can change things around, you can turn the volume down. But what you can't do is once you've recorded something at too high of an input gain, you can't turn that down. You can't remove the clipping. You can, but it's still going to have that crunchy, clipped, distorted sound that you don't want in there. So once you've actually got all of your tracks recorded, it's about balancing. And here's the thing. If you leave everything at like the unity gain, that middle setting, that zero dB on a mixer, that's usually going to be way too loud. And again, we've been lied to, not lied to, but if you've been in the analog days, you'd remember pushing the faders up and trying to get, you know, a nice big full sound. And you think, oh, it's a bit wimpy, isn't it, to be pulling my faders down at this point? But trust me, in the digital world, if all of your faders are too far up and and you've over-recorded or maybe you're up at 80 or 90% on your input gain, it is really, it's going to, the sound is going to build up to the point where it's going to sound really overblown. And you really need to pull back on that. So for for a lot of folks that send me their projects, the first thing I'll do is look at them and I'll turn them all down. Now, an easy way to do this, if you're not experienced, is I like to do a, a faders down remix. So once you've recorded it, if it's all sounding good and you're checking your overall level, and again, your overall master volume or master gain there is about where it needs to be, which we'll talk about in a moment then you're good to go. You can just keep mixing. But if you're finding that your master volume is clipping or you're going over and it's overloaded, what you might want to do is turn everything down. Because with a lot of songs, a lot of the sort of rock songs or folk songs or acoustic songs that I record, what I'll do is I'll start by bringing in the the drums. I'll bring in the, the bass. I'll add in the instruments, the guitars, the keys, whatever I've got in there. And then I'll bring the vocals in and I'll try to balance that out. And what we're aiming for here is on your master fader, it'll be different in different systems and in different bits of software, but you want some headroom. So we'll talk about mastering in a moment, why you need that headroom. But you want on your final mix, on your mix bus, on your, your master fader, you want to have some headroom. Now, it varies. A lot of people will say different things, but around the minus 10 mark. So if you think about where the zero is, the, the top notch there, you want to be around that minus 10 to minus 12. The more headroom you can have in there, the easier it will be to master. And again, when a lot of people are starting out, they think in terms of just being below zero is okay. And it is, but if you don't have any headroom, it makes the next process of volume, the mastering really difficult. So turn all your faders down, bring them up bit by bit. And again, if it doesn't work and you end up, you'll probably find that if, again, especially if you come out of the analog world and you're into digital, you'll probably find that the first few times you tend to just turn things up too loud. Let's pause before we get into mastering. Let's pause and talk about your monitoring. Because if you're using monitoring speakers or headphones, and look, I know there's a big debate about you can't mix or master on headphones, you must use monitor speakers. Whatever you're using, though, make sure they're set at the right level. 
Now, Joe Gilder uh, over at Home Studio Corner has got a great video about how to set your monitoring levels. So go and search that one out. I won't go into the detail here, except that what I find is a lot of people have their monitoring levels too low, which means they push up their mixes too loud. So they're actually pushing up the individual faders rather than turning up their monitoring environment. So if you've got the ability to control the master volume of your headphones or of your monitor speakers, make sure that's turned up enough so that you're not tempted to try and get additional volume. You're like, that guitar's not cutting through. I need to turn up the guitar. You may just need to turn up the overall volume and then you're going to hear things a lot better overall. So think about your, your monitoring environment as well. I've talked about mastering a couple of times here. So if you're not familiar with mastering, it's the final stage of the music process. So let's talk you through the end-to-end. -end. You've got your recording or your tracking process, which is where you're plugging in your guitars, your microphones, your synths, your keys, your drums, and you're recording them. So that's where your gain staging there, your ability to set the right input gain, input volume at the front end is super important. You're then going to be mixing. So you're then going to be moving your faders up and down and you're going to be mixing your song until eventually you get your final mix where your peaks should be hitting up around that minus 12 to minus 10. They shouldn't be up in the minus 6 or the 0 and they definitely shouldn't be going over 0. They should be down around that minus 10 Again, it'll vary. Other people, you, you'll, hear, you'll hear different bits of advice, but that's about the spot that I found works because you then want to master. So you want to be able to master your song after you've mixed it. And what mastering is, is taking your final mix and just adding that last little bit of volume, but also maybe EQ. Some folks use a bit of reverb in there, maybe some additional compression to really bring it right up to close to that zero dB. So mastering point is where you want to take it up there. So if you want to kind of visualize this, you're recording at 50 to 70, you're mixing at like 70 to 80, and then finally you're mastering at like 90 to 100. So each phase of the recording process, you should be going up another little notch until your final process is where you do want to be pushing it. But when you are pushing it, here's the thing. A limiter is your friend at this point. So a limiter is a compressor. Now, okay, let's take a step back. A compressor, <laughs> a compressor compresses your sound. So you would have heard about using compressors for guitars and for vocals and for drums. And a compressor is going to be able to create you a, a, a nice balanced sound. So people think of compressors that they turn things up. They really push things down. They take the peaks and they push the peaks down and then bring the overall volume back up. So the reason that we talk about using a compressor to increase the volume is because you're usually using a makeup gain. If you want to learn all about compression, we talk about it all over the channel. Go to studiolivetoday.com or just Google or YouTube search compression in music. You'll learn a heap. There's a lot out there. But what a limiter is, it's a brick wall compressor. So the good thing about a limiter is if you use that at the final stage, that is going to make your song nice and loud. It is going to bring it up to whatever level you set. So it'll usually be at like minus one or, uh, or minus 0.1, depending how close to zero, how close to the loudest you want to push it. And anything that peaks over there, instead of hearing that digital clipping, it jumps in. The limiter jumps in and pushes the volume down. Now, that all sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds great. It's like, well, Johns, I can just pump up the volume like Christian Slater and no one's going to care because it's, it's going to be protected. Yeah, except for a little thing called pumping. 
What's pumping? Well, pumping is when you've got a song, naturally, especially when you have got a kick drum or a bass guitar or a snare, is usually the loud sounds that kind of hit, hit, hit at a regular way, a regular basis, they create these peaks that are usually louder than the rest of your instruments. It is usually, Sometimes it can be your guitar or your vocals, but more often than not is the drums and the bass. Now, that's actually used. You might be thinking, maybe I want that. But yeah, if you've learned about using a ducking technique or, or being able to, to sync up and side chain, if you've heard about that terminology before, that's using this principle to actually create that what kind of effect. What you don't generally want is for that effect to be on your overall mix because you're mastering too hard and you're pushing things into that final limiter. So to give you that, give you the idea of that, if you try and turn your volume up too loud, even if you're pushing into a brick wall limiter, what you want to do is you just want it to be kind of gently touching the wall. But if you are slamming into that wall again and again and again and again, it's going to make your song sound like this. So if you've ever heard someone's song and you can hear that pumping and you're like, that doesn't sound super cool. It's probably because they're pushing too hard at that limiter. And it can also be caused by, again, mixing too heavy, recording too heavy, or mastering too heavy. Now, our, our, our friend GarageBand has an unfortunate feature, inverted commas, feature, which is auto-normalization, which is fine if it's doing it by increasing the overall volume. So the idea of auto-normalization is if you've got an overall volume and you want to master, you don't want to master your song, what it'll do, it'll take those peaks that might be sitting at that minus 10 and bring them up to zero. Great. You don't need to do anything to make sure that your song is at a competitive volume. But what if those peaks are at plus six? Well, then what auto-normalization is doing is it's actually auto-limiting. So it's adding a brick wall limiter, which creates that pumping sound. So you may not even be consciously mastering or mixing your song over zero dB, but you may still be getting this pumping sound. Well, that's going to be caused by auto-normalization. Now, GarageBand uses it. I'm sure other digital audio workstations probably also do something similar or have that. Logic Pro, for instance, and GarageBand Mac have a setting. So if you're finding that it's doing that, if it's changing the volume of your final mix or your final master, then it's probably because auto-normalization is engaged and you generally don't want it. That's really all there is about this. It's not a complicated thing, but if there was one thing that I see impact the quality of people's final mixes and final masters more than anything else, it's the basic lack of knowledge or understanding that in the digital world, you simply don't have to turn things up that loud. In fact, if you turn them down, you're probably going to end up sounding a heck of a lot better. Let's just recap on everything we've been around in this video. So when you are recording, set your input gain to make sure that your peaks are hitting between 50 and 70%. You don't want to be anywhere near the red. You probably don't want to be too much in the yellow either. So set the gain both on your hardware. If you've got an audio interface or a mixer, you have an input gain knob. Set that so that when you're playing your loudest parts, you're only peaking up to 70%. Make sure that when you're mixing, that you're bringing the volume down of your different tracks. Try a faders down mix and then bring your faders up one by one to try and get a mix where you're sitting on your master fader around about that minus 12, minus 10 to give you enough headroom for the final process, which is doing some mastering, some generally gentle mastering. Look, you can go all Metallica and uh, just you know, push it all the way to the top or Foo Fighters and just make it a sausage waveform at the end. 
but most of the time you want a little dynamic range in there so you can use some compression or some limiting some eq some multi-band compression a heap of things you can do with mastering once again heaps of videos here on studio live today all about mastering as well and the final thing i just wanted to mention as a bonus tip is when you're doing your eqing the final thing I see that a lot of people do is they're like, this needs more bass. So they push the bass up. And then what that does is it makes their overall volume go much louder instead of what it probably is, maybe you need less treble. So using something like subtractive EQ instead of additive EQ, that just means removing frequencies, turning the volume down. Because remember, more bass and less treble are kind of the same thing. So maybe you, that bass is not kicking through because your treble is too loud and harsh and just taming that treble is actually going to make your bass shine. Hope you found something useful in this one. Look, if you're perfect, if you've got your input gain and your output gains and everything set and it's all working, fabulous. But maybe you did it by accident. Maybe this just gave you a little, a little push in the right direction and you can help other folks. When someone comes to you and says, I don't know what's wrong with my mix, but it sounds all pumpy. It sounds all washed out. It sounds all muddy. You can say, guess what? Yeah, probably doing it too loud. And again, it's not your fault. It's probably because you're an old school analog experience person and you just need to learn your way in the digital world. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are here on the video version, feel free to hit the thumbs up, guns up button down below. Leave your comments. Remember, I want to hear your tips about this. Have you had experience mixing too low, mixing too heavy? Have you got pumping and that limiting that's been going on? Do you curse GarageBand every time you export because it auto-normalizes? Let me know in the comments section here. And if you're listening on the audio version, uh, thank you again. Please feel free to leave a rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice and don't forget you can head on over to studiolivetoday.com for all of the tips tricks and tutorials about how to create record and release your best music and if you're listening right here in august 2023 song timber is just around the corner that's our song of the month challenge so if you would like to be part of a great community and join the song timber challenge just go to studiolivetoday.com slash song that's going to do it for this week's show. I would like to finally say what I say every week, and that is to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, keep creating, and we'll see you next time on the Studio Live Today podcast.